good afternoon. So, all right, this will be the um, the fifth lesson on w- a message on witnessing on our witnessing series here, and uh, I'm here today at uh, but anyways, it's it's uh, again, it don't matter where you're at. We have the Word of God. And where the Holy Spirit meets us and teaches us is important. Um, this is not a replacement for church. This is not a substitute for church. This is an additional <coughs> study of the Word of God and Bible topics to get into the Bible and to encourage you to do your own study in the Word of God and to grow your roots deeper into the Word of God for yourself. That's what this is. And... Uh, and we're going to, Lord willing, we're going to finish this series today. And let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord God, we just thank you. Lord, we thank you that we have your words. We thank you that we can be a witness for you, Lord God. In our own flesh, though, we, we're nothing, Lord God. I'm so unworthy, Lord, to preach your words. I'm so unworthy to teach from your Bible, Lord God. And Lord, I just thank you, Lord, for opening your book to me, Lord. I thank you for your mercy on me and the grace that you poured out on my life, Lord. Lord, you've been so merciful, I don't even comprehend it. I don't even understand the mercy and grace that you've had on my life, Lord God, to be able to be a witness, to testify of what you've done for me, Lord God. Lord, I pray that right now, Lord, that you... You'd send your Holy Spirit here, Lord. Fill this place, Lord God. Open your words, Lord, that it, your words would, would go through all of, all of our own distractions, all of our own mess, and, and get deep into our hearts, Lord God. Right now, Lord God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would just intercede on my behalf, Lord God, and speak through me, Lord, to make known the mystery of the gospel, Lord, that it would be clear and concise, Lord God, that I wouldn't get into my own ramblings, Lord. We don't want to hear from my opinions today, Lord God. We want to hear from you, Lord. And Lord, I pray that you just open your book despite me, Lord God, to feed your people, Lord God, to, and use it, Lord, to glorify you and to magnify you, Lord God, and that your church would grow closer to you. And Lord, if anybody hears this or listens to this, Lord, that doesn't know you as their Savior, Lord, who's lost and dead in their sins, Lord God. I pray that you'd use this to rip the blinders off of them, Lord, to expose where they're at, Lord God, to let them know that time is running out and that apart from you, they're going to bust hell wide open, Lord. And apart from you, Lord, as a Christian, Lord God, as your child, Lord God, apart from you, Lord, if I walk in my flesh, If we deviate, Lord, from your words, Lord, it's worth nothing. It's a a vain life, Lord God. And I pray, Lord, that you just open that to us, Lord. Help us to realize that, Lord God. Help us to practice that in our lives, Lord. The urgency, Lord, of where people are going to spend eternity. Lord, help us to have that burden, Lord. Help us not to just have an on and off switch, Lord God. Use us, Lord God. Touch us, Lord. Help us. Strengthen us in your words, Lord God. Have mercy. And Lord, we just thank you again for your words. And Lord, I just, I'm I'm begging you and asking you, Lord, to use this to bring glory to you, Lord. Hide me, Lord, behind the cross, Lord God. Hide me behind your words, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All righty. And we're going to do a recap. And one of the problems is when you get into a series like this is you can do a whole message just on the recap and never get into a new message. So I'm going to try to avoid that. We're going to go quickly through that. This may be out of order a little bit of how it is on Bible time, but if you read in the description, you ought to be able to find where you're at. But just to recap to us that are here, I want you to go over in your minds of what we went over from the Word of God. Okay? So the first was a need for witnessing. It was a plea to witness. That's easy to say. We need to be witnessing. You hear that all the time. We need to be need to be witnessing, and yet we don't. As a as a cumulative church here in the United States, 
there's not a burden for lost souls in the church. That we've got a serious problem as Christians here in the United States especially. Even our good Bible-believing churches don't have a burden for lost souls. I don't have the burden for lost souls that I need to have the majority of the time. It takes a close walk with God to have a burden for lost souls like we ought to have. But we need to be a witness and to testify of what Christ has done for us. We talked about what being a witness was. Does anybody remember what a witness is? Testimony in court. Testimony in court to say, I saw that, I witnessed that. I saw this happen, and then you testify about what you witnessed. And we use the analogy or the example of if you saw somebody steal something or murder somebody, you could testify of that in court to say, I saw that action happen. And as a witness for Christ, we are a witness to what the Holy Spirit has done in our life that nobody else can see. It's not something you don't, when, you, when you're born again on the outside, do you have a glow over your, your physical flesh? No. Physical flesh? You, you don't have a halo that I see over when someone's born again. Right. Now, they will have a change. Right. You know, they'll have a change of what they will, will act and do from the new man within them. But as far as their skin color doesn't change when they get saved. Right. Their hair color doesn't change when they get saved. They don't suddenly have a, a physical beam that you could see. Now, maybe you see in their eyes yeah. a happiness and a joy from them which is a witness and a testimony, but your, your physical, your, your, God works from the inside out to change a person. And that that's, happens very, I know for my dad personally, it was cigarette smoke and alcohol almost instantly. God got rid of those for him. No one, without even going to a church. That was a testimony of the witness of what Christ had done for him. And it's so important to testify of what Christ has done for you because my point is that you're, God doesn't just write on your physical forehead, saved. Right. He uses you to testify from your mouth about what Christ did and your lifestyle of following God's word and a change in your life to testify of what the Holy Spirit did within you. Yeah. And when you do not testify, the world isn't going to know. And that's where we're at in Christianity today. Is we got Christians that call themselves Christians and you don't know whether they're saved or unsaved. Right. Because everybody's a Christian. And oh yeah, they, they have the profession maybe down flat. And they can tell you that Christ came and that Christ shed his blood. And they can even tell you they received it. But they have no testimony. They don't testify of it, what the Holy Spirit did for them. And it's so important that as Christians that we testify as a witness of what Christ had done for us. All right, I'm not going to get on that. And then we, can't, we tackled some of the excuses. We dealt with the excuses of, oh, I'm not trained enough. We dealt with the excuses of, I'm not led to, I'm afraid. It's a waste of my time. It doesn't do any good. My life isn't what it should be. Oh, it's the preacher's job. And we can come up with excuse after excuse after excuse. And here's the thing with excuses is they will never end. If you're looking to serve God, if you're looking to honor God with your life and to follow God, and God says, hey, you need to study the word of God, the answer is not to sit on your hands and say, well, I guess I can't be a witness. I can't testify of what Christ has done for me. I can't go soul winning because I don't know and, and just sit on your hands. You get into the word of God and you study it. If you're not led, you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, spend time with God. Amen. Pray for the burden. That's right. Get in the words. Don't be content and just say you're not led. That's not an excuse. The, real, the reality of it, though, is your heart towards God. So on that, we talked about getting right with God, repenting of your sin, of where you're at, not sitting in it and staying in it and using it as some crutch not to witness. Which, by the way, if you don't have any burden to witness, if you don't have any burden to soul win, if you don't have any burden to testify, you might check your salvation and examine yeah. yourself. It's biblical to examine yourself. That's right. And I'm not going to apologize for what the Bible says about examining yourself. Yeah. 
I'm not trying to talk you out of your salvation. But the reality is, if you can be talked out of your salvation, there's something wrong. Because you know who bears witness that you are saved? Who knows? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is what bears witness. Not a man patting you on the back. It's the Holy Spirit that bears witness of your salvation to you, you alone, you and God, the Holy Spirit bearing witness inside of you. Therefore, the only way to know whether you're saved or not is going to be between you and God. So if you're in one of those places where you're using one of those excuses, repent, study the word of God, spend time with God, ask God. He said, if any man ask of me wisdom, he will give to him liberally and he abradeth not. It's what God said. And then we talked about some hows and whys of witnessing and we don't want to get stuck into any pattern of following of man to witness. That's not the goal of this this whole series here. It's not so you can copy any person. I don't want to copy Ray Comfort. I don't want to copy Pastor Reg. I don't want to copy Brother Burks. I don't want to copy. The only one that I'm worried about or should be worried about when you're witnessing and following is listening to the Holy Spirit, minding the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit knows the person's heart in which you're witnessing. You don't, and neither does the guy next to you. So the how and why is follow the Holy Spirit and learn the Bible. Memorize it. Hide it in your heart, and God will use that. He'll draw it out of your mind. He'll draw it out of your heart of the scripture that you've memorized. It's not time wasted to study the word of God. Even the verses that you know, reading them and learning them and studying them and applying them, God opens them up to us more true. And he also refreshes, you know... Paul told Timothy, put them in remembrance of these things. It wasn't that they didn't know those things. They needed to be reminded. And we need to be reminded consistently. And so we don't want to just follow another man. We want to follow the Holy Spirit in our witness. When we're witnessing, when we're testifying, to know when to stop, when to start, what to say, what not to say, what verses of Scripture to go to. The Holy Spirit has to guide and lead. And we talked about being laborers with Christ. We are laborers with Christ. Our Father doesn't just send us on a job and say, well, good luck with that. If you're truly working with the Father, not for yourself now, you can go witnessing for yourself. And then the Holy Spirit will say, yeah, have a good time. And when you fall flat on your face and you try to get into your flesh and try to drum something up, that's all it'll be is man-made and it will fall flat. And that doesn't mean you won't convert, make a false convert. You can make a false convert by getting in your flesh and trying to rack up numbers. But our goal as Christians, as followers of Christ, is to walk with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then and the power of the gospel and the power of the Holy Spirit go out into a lost and dying world. Yeah. Led of the Holy Spirit. To, and, and the Holy Spirit takes this word and puts it in their heart. Yeah. Something that no man can do. And so it's a work with the Holy Spirit. And remember, the power is in the gospel. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. The power is not in a tactic. There's no place in the Bible you're going to find where it says, okay, say this first, then go to this. No, they said we preached the gospel of Christ. That's what they said. They said we preached his death, his burial, his resurrection. They preached repentance at a holy and righteous God. And then when the Holy Spirit convicted their heart, a lost person's heart, the Holy Spirit does the work. You don't have to say, pray this prayer. And then you don't have to confirm to them and say, hey, you're saved. You can show them the scripture that says whether you're saved or lost, but I don't have the position to say, hey, you're saved. The Holy Spirit is the one that tells them that. I'm tired of this garbage where we go around and we have churches patting everybody on the back saying you're saved, you're saved, you're saved when you're not the Holy Spirit. Amen. So it's a work with the Holy Spirit, being led by the Holy Spirit. The power is in the gospel. The power is not in the tactics. The power is not in 
how well I speak or, or the lack of my speaking, the power is in the Holy Spirit. That means if the true, if it's true that the power is in the Holy Spirit, that means a young boy that is walking with the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit can give a burden to that young boy for we saw that at a tent revival. Because it's not in these smooth words. Right. It's not even in how much scripture you have memorized, although it's good to memorize scripture. It will help you. It's the sword. Yeah. But the Holy Spirit is more powerful and will use the Bible. Yeah. The one or two verses you know. Amen. And do more with it than a guy that knows 15 verses, 20 verses, has them memorized, and it doesn't have the Holy Spirit with him. Because the power is not in the person, it's in the, it's in the gospel. And then we talked about dealing with f- some false religions and remembering that we have to keep and elevate the word of God as our authority. Amen. Not to let Satan or any false religion try to steal the authority, which is the first thing that they like to do, is to take the authority of God's word away from you, which will render you powerless. Right. Because the power is in the word of God. And we talked about sticking with the message. Sticking with the message that they are lost in their sins, wicked, vile, before a just, holy, and righteous God. And they have to see that. They have to know that they are not all right with God. God is not okay with them in their sin. And, and And we tell them this out of love. And if you're walking with the Holy Spirit, they'll know you're telling them that because you love them. I've said some rough words that the Holy Spirit was dealing with somebody on. And God prompted me to turn to, turn to verses. We go to Revelation. When they look at the pit of fire, yeah. where God's going to cast them into it. That's hard. Right. And the Holy Spirit does a work where it strikes that person's heart, and they know that you're telling them that because you love them. Amen. So we, we can't beat around the bush or try to dwell on our own words and our own abilities to win the lost. We have to be walking with the Holy Spirit. We have to stick to the message. And then we talked about being a public witness, going house to house and publicly preaching the gospel. And these are, it's all biblical things. You'll find through the Bible again and again and again, where they preach publicly, they also went house to house. And again, if the Holy Spirit's guiding you, he'll tell you which one to do. He'll give you the burden. He'll even give you the burden of which neighborhood to go down. And he'll say, leave this neighborhood, go down a different one. Yeah. We got to mind God. All right, so what we're going to deal with today in, in wrapping all of this up is we're going to talk about the ministry, being in the ministry. And when I say being in the ministry, there's the ministry of the gospel, giving out the gospel. I don't mean that this is, well, by ministry here, I'm not saying we have these are pastors or missionaries only. Okay, I'm talking about ministering to the lost, the giving the gospel out. And it also applies to the ministry, the tent ministry, a church's ministry. It makes those applications as well, but we're talking about specifically the ministry of getting out the gospel. And we're going to go through that today, and then we're going to deal with Okay, what do we do if a lost person does get saved and they profess Christ? What should we do with that? Okay. So, first thing, turn to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians. And we're going to deal with some requirements for the gospel ministry. All right, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We're going to start in verse 1. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, this is the Christians, as we have received mercy, we faint not, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. Did you get a hold of that? Let's read it one more time. Therefore, seeing we as Christians here, this is 2 Corinthians chapter 4. He's as Christians speaking to the Corinthian church, saying, therefore, seeing as we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not. Did you know that you can faint in the ministry? 
according to God's word, you can faint in the ministry. We're going to get into that. But the first thing here, turn with me real quick. Hold your place there in Corinthians, 2 Corinthians. Turn with me to Psalms 51. And this, again, is a message to the church. When I say church, I don't mean going to a church building. I don't mean what club that you're a part of. I mean that you're born-again child of God in the body of Christ, fitly framed together with him. That's the church that I'm speaking of. The church is the body of Christ for saved individuals. That's who I'm speaking to specifically today. And if you are not saved, if you have not believed on Jesus Christ, his death, his burial, his resurrection, have not seen that you're a sinner in need of a Savior, then you're going to hell. And then you'll go from hell into the lake of fire. And you're playing on, on real touchy ground. And what I mean by real touchy ground is you don't know how much time you've got. There's death all around us. And if that wasn't enough for you, the Bible says it would be as the days of Noah when Christ returns. And the days of Noah, if you look up and read your Bible and find out what the days of Noah are, and then look around our country, and don't think it's a coincidence that the Sodomites out there are flying this rainbow flag all over the place. Right. You talk about the days of Noah? Right. We're on the brink of the Lord coming back. That's right. You're running out of time. Sure, you may live to be 80 if you were able to live a full life. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe you live to 80. Maybe not. And I'm not saying this, I'm saying this to wake you up to the reality of where you're at. Yes. The reality of where you're at is you are not promised tomorrow. That's right. And if you have not been born again, I'm not talking about putting on. What I'm talking about is born again, the Holy Ghost, bore witness in your spirit that you are a child of God. If you have not been born again, then you're going to flip into eternity at a time when you don't know. It could be when the Lord comes back. It could be when you die. And then you're going to flip over into eternity. And you'll be cast into hell. And then you'll be called back out of hell only to be cast in the lake of fire. Yeah. And the screaming and shouting and crying and pleading will not matter. And you'll bow your knee and confess that Jesus is the Lord of Lord and King of Kings. And it'll be too late. And I say that to you because I love you. And if that's where you're at tonight, listening to this, then you're running out of time. Plain and simple. Stop playing games. But if you're born again, that's the first part. That's the first requirement of being a witness. That's the first part of being in the ministry that we just read about. Is you have to be converted first. All right, where are we at? Psalms 51, uh, verse 3, 13, sorry, verse 13. We'll back up to verse 10. Uh, David is praying here, and look at his prayer. He says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast, not away from my, cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Then will I teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Did you get a hold of that? So the first step of witnessing here for David, he's teaching transgressors, right? He says, then will I teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. That means in the Old Testament, you had people being converted and saved. That's what it says, salvation, right? Amen. That's, that's what it says. I'm just going with the Bible here. Amen. Salvation didn't change. Their faith and their trust was in the shed blood of Jesus Christ, the Messiah to come. That's what it says. It says there's salvation. But before he, could, uh, before he would teach the transgressors, he had to deal with himself and the Holy Spirit. And notice how he pleads with the Holy Spirit to what? Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Amen. And I'm afraid that's where the church is at. That's right. And they're content with it. <clears throat> Are you content without having the Holy Spirit? 
and you're going to be in the ministry? We've got ministries left and right all over this country that do not have the Holy Spirit, and it does not bother them. David here, he's pouring his heart out, and he says, he knows he had a dirty heart. I'm I'm not here to play games. If you guys knew my heart and my thoughts, this is my prayer to God consistently. God, my heart's filthy. Clean it. That's the first step of the ministry. That's before he can teach transgressors. That's right. And we're not going to re-preach all that, but you have to you have to see all that to be converted. Turn real quick to Mark chapter 4. I don't want to waste your time. But I do want to make sure we're thorough through this. Because the, what I don't want is you to hear this and say, "All right, I need to be I need to be obedient to God." And just jump right out there. Right. And say a prayer and say, God, fill me with your Holy Spirit. And then just jump on out there. I want you to have a burden for lost souls. Right. I want the Holy Spirit to give that burden to you. But you know what the Holy Spirit's going to do if he gives you that burden? Before he gives you the burden for lost souls, he's going to say, deal with that sin. Amen. And I'm not saying you've got to be perfect to go witness. Right. I'm saying you've got to be right with God in any known sin that the Holy Spirit has pointed his finger on in your life. You need to deal with it with God. Repent of it. Get it right. Then you can go to the transgressors. All right, Mark 4, verse 12. That seeing they may not see and not perceive, and hearing that they may hear and not understand, lest at any time they should be converted and their sin should be... That's that's not where I was wanting to go. It's a good verse. But it's talking about the Pharisees not being converted because their eyes and hearts were not open to the gospel. We're not going to get into that. Turn real quick to John. John chapter 12. John chapter 12. We're going to get to verse 40. And if it seems like I'm beating a dead horse... That's dealing with the same thing. All right, let's go back to Corinthians. Back to 2 Corinthians. Hopefully you held your place there. That's a good one too. Yeah. Um, if it seems like I'm beating a dead horse and you're like, okay, we get it. You don't. Because you'd be rejoicing that the Holy Spirit could even use you. And you'd realize where your sin is. We're talking about the ministry. Look at this. Verse 1, back where we were at. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry. Have you yourself acknowledged that you have a ministry as a church? As we have received the mercy, we faint not. All right. So now we get into, all right, that's where I wanted to go. Matthew 28. Sorry. Bear with me here. Matthew chapter 28. Then the next part is we have to accept the commission. So first you're converted. Then you accept the commission. Matthew 28. Verse 19 we'll pick up. Uh, We'll start back. Yeah, we'll go. This is Jesus Christ speaking. Well, we'll go back to verse 16. Then the eleven disciples went away unto Galilee into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Christ has all power. And he says to his, his disciples here, Go ye therefore and teach all nations. That's the United States. When they, when they say the United States isn't in the Bible, that's just because they haven't read their Bible. All nations is in the Bible several times. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, that's your poor countries, that's your rich countries, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. And they took that to heart because the end of their world was right there. It was staring them in the face. And that's the commission. 
That was, that was the send out right there. Then later on, the church in Acts, is the, then they, they, they accepted the commission, right? Yeah. All right, let's just turn to it. Acts chapter 1. They accepted the commission. They're going to go preach the gospel. They've got a burden, but they don't have the Holy Spirit yet. They don't have the power of the Holy Spirit. We'll pick up verse 3. To whom also, Acts 1 verse 3, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs. Praise the Lord for that. Infallible proofs. I don't want to get off on this too, but do you know you trust your history books that have way less witnesses? You know how many people saw Abe Lincoln get shot? Not very many. You know how many people saw Washington cross the Delaware? But you, you believe that. We're talking over 500 people saw Christ. Infallible proofs. They couldn't prove it wrong. If there was a way, shape, or form that they would try to prove that, they would have tried to do it. And they said, okay, well, we'll torture them. And they wouldn't deny it. infallible proofs. That's what we have. Being seen of them 40 days and speaking of these things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. And that's what I'm wanting to, to remind you of today is you got the commission? Great. Wait on the power of God. Now notice, they tarry here. They didn't tarry their whole life. Look at this. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. So when you're living your entire Christian life saying, I'm waiting on the Holy Ghost, you're wrong. You're lying. That's like the man that says he's seeking for truth and doesn't have an ounce of desire for truth. Right. You say one thing, but you live another. Because God is, like God be true, but every man a liar. Yeah. And you know God's desire from his words is to save a lost and dying world. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Yeah. How does he do that? He sends his church into the world. But he fills them with the Holy Spirit. So if you're going about your Christian walk just saying, I'm waiting, 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 you're wrong. That's right. You need to repent. Not many days hence, when they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power, but... Ye shall receive power. We, you get this? I'm not talking about receive power because you ate a good meal or drank some coffee. I'm talking about power to save souls. The Holy Spirit gives you the power, comes upon you, goes through you, labors with you for lost souls, and brings them from death to life. That's what the Bible said you shall receive. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Spirit, a Holy Ghost has come upon you and ye shall be, look at this, witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Amen. So you accept the Great Commission, you get filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, I don't know what would have happened here if they said, you know what, we're not going to wait. Right. I, I, it would have been powerless. Right. And they would have had the truth. They would have seen Christ and have been powerless. Yeah. And they go on here. You had the Feast of Pentecost and that souls were saved. Amen. By the power of the gospel, by the Amen. power of the Holy Spirit. Right. So you accept the commission. You're filled with the Holy Spirit. And then look at it. Turn back to 2 Corinthians here. So you say you're good to go. All right. All right. 
you got saved, right? You said, God, help me. i got to go tell somebody else. And God gave you help. He filled you with His Holy Spirit. He gave you a burden for lost souls. You go out there. You're full of the Holy Spirit. You talk to somebody. Give them the gospel. God works through you. Convicts their heart. Maybe they get saved. Maybe they don't. That's between them and the Holy Spirit. You're not their mediator now. And then the next day or the next hour goes by or the next couple hours go or maybe the next week yeah and so you're good for life filled with the holy spirit done that's not bible no. look at this second corinthians chapter four therefore seeing we have this ministry they saw they had a ministry as we have received mercy we faint not, faint not. paul talks about running the race that's right. there's a race to be run there's, a, there's a, a, a constant challenge of fainting. Yeah. Growing, do not grow weary in well-doing. You know why God told you not to grow weary in well-doing? Because you're going to grow weary in well-doing. Right. So this is not a one-time done, I got this doctrine, I'm done with it. Right. This is a constant practice in the Christian's life, consistently, day in, day out. Amen. Day in, Day out. You wake up, you seek God. You wake up, if, if the Holy Spirit points out sin to you, you deal with it. Amen. Day in, day out. It's not, I'm a witness today and I'm not tomorrow. Right. If you're a witness, look at, you're a witness. You, saw, you know what Christ did for you. Yeah. It's your job to testify. That's right. So therefore, if you're going to testify, you've got to constantly work on not your own works, getting right with God, walking with God. Like David prayed, create in me a clean heart, O God. Amen. Renew my spirit. And in the, in the New Testament, he says what? By the renewing of our minds. Amen. That's how you are a living sacrifice to God, is Amen. renew, renew, renew. But they made a commitment here. They said, we're not... We faint not. You know, I think sometimes we expect to faint and are almost waiting for it. Yeah. We say, you know what? We're going to burn out. And I'm all right with that. Right. And the devil begins to tell you, you know what? You did good. Yeah. Yeah, you, you, ran, you ran a good mile. Yeah. A real solid mile there or two. Yeah. You did just fine. God's happy. Go sit down. Go rest. My flesh does that when I'm physically running. Right. I don't know whether it's true or not, but they say your, your body or your mind will actually say you're done when you're at about 40% capacity of what you're able to do. And that's pushed to the brink all the time in the military. They think they're completely done, ready to quit, and then they go on for another four or five miles running. Yeah. I didn't know I could do that. That's a physical realm, a physical example. Yeah. When you think you're done, you're done. There's been times I've been physically done and I had to hit my knee. And then the renewing of the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit comes on you. Yeah. And He renews you. Yeah. He gives you a new burden. Yeah. Don't sit there and say, oh, I've got beat up by the world. Yeah. And I'm all worn out and just go home and, and pitter-patty in your own sweat and tears and make your whole family miserable with oh the world's so bad the world's rough we have victory over the world through christ the power of christ is much stronger than anything the devil's going to throw at you so put your armor back on get your sword sharpened up get to the holy spirit and say god help me create in me a new heart fill me and get back on the firing line you might have to wait a couple days. God might have to do some work with you. He may show you one sin you get right. And then he shows you another. Or he may say, you know what? I'm not going to have you out today. Spend time in your Bible. And you listen to God. He say, you know what? I'm not going to have you spend time witnessing. I'm not going to have you spend time reading. Your... You're going to hit your knees and just talk to me. And you mind the Holy Spirit. You know something, I don't think it's a coincidence that a lot of times when people got saved, 
were door knocking. Somebody was back praying. Amen. I mean, we prayed ahead of time, and we prayed during. But it's the mining of the Holy Spirit and following Amen. Him that is the power. Amen. All right. We're about a quarter of the way in. No, right. just, no. <laughs> now, I want to be respectful of your time, but it's so important we tie this all back in together because there's so many times you'll, you'll hear a seminar or, or deal, you know, especially I used to listen to Ray Comfort a lot. Get all fired up. I'm going to go do what he does. And he gives you a how-to thing. Ask this, ask that, ask this. And you get, you get all stoked up in your flesh. Yeah. Just like I would in my flesh before a football game. Right. And I'd get, oh, I'm going to go do this thing. And, and you all, oh, oh. And you go out there and then, <laughs> failure. Yeah. Where are you at, God? Witnessing doesn't work. And that's, you go back to those excuses. Yeah. And it's so important you get a hold of this whole thing because you should be witness. You should testify. Yeah. You should want to study your Bible and, and know where to go when you're dealing with a Catholic. Know where you're going when you're dealing with a Mormon. And want to study yeah. your word of God to give that atheist an answer out of the word of God. The hope that lieth within you should have an answer for it. Yeah. But that does not come from your flesh. And so when we finish this whole lesson together, it's got to be tied back in to following the Holy Spirit, receiving the ministry that we have. Amen. All right. Here's the other thing. Dishonesty. You know what will kill a ministry? Dishonesty. Look at this, verse 2. But we have renounced the hidden things of, read it with me dishonesty have you renounced the hidden look at that God knows what he's doing with his words the hidden things that's where nobody knows that you were dishonest nobody even knows that you mishandled the word of God nobody even knows that you lied about being filled with the Holy Spirit so you could look holy that's dishonest right it's dishonest to say, oh yeah, I'm all right with God. I want to go fit in with the crew here to go minister, right. join the ministry. Yeah. He said, you got to renounce it. Look at that. He says, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty. Mm-hmm. You can't have dishonesty in your ministry and expect God to use it. Yeah. Amen. You're going to go knock doors with dishonesty? God's not in it. And that's one thing you, you could judge real quick by, by the Bible. And we're not going to get off on judging. But we judge by righteous judgment by the word of God. We'll cut these ministries and expose them for what they are. And it'll expose James River and Springfield when they tell lies. And I'm not saying nothing ever good gets done there. But most of the time, nothing good gets done there. From the fruit of it. God's a merciful God. And I've seen God save people out of those. My dad went to a charismatic church. Very far away from God. The pastor did not even believe in a six-day literal creation right off the bat with the Bible. And my dad, or my God showed my dad, hey, ask him about creation. Oh, Ash, what about the... And he's like, well, you know, it could be millions of years. God could have used evolution. And the Holy Spirit told my dad, that ain't right. He don't even believe the first page of your Bible. Amen. And drew him out of there. Amen. And so God will expose the lies. In the, and I don't tell you that because I hate everybody at James River. I love you if you're at James River. Yeah. I love you if you're in a fake, phony church. I want you to get out of it. Amen. Get to know the Holy Spirit. Follow the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit says, hey, ditch this place. It's ruining you. It's going to ruin your family. It's going to ruin your faith in the Word of God. It's going to destroy your faith. You trust God and follow the Holy Spirit rather than wanting to be buddy-buddy with your friends that make you feel good. Right. Because their ministries are full of dishonesty. Amen. And they're sending people to hell telling them that Jesus Christ accepts them and receives them right where they're at. That's lies. That's, look at this. It says dishonesty, not walking in craftiness. Yeah. 
nor handling the word of God deceitfully. Oh, they'll handle it. Yeah. And they'll throw out John 3.16 yeah. as they begin to change the word of God. Right. And they'll say, oh, God is love. And God is love. Right. But they, they handle it with craftiness yeah. to deceive people. And God says, if your ministry is full of that, I'm out. Truth. You say, well, I don't need this warning. I'm a Bible believer. I've got my Bible. I don't want to handle God's word dishonestly. Well, amen. Yeah. Praise God. It's a temptation. Yeah. And it's right. written right here That's for right. our edification. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. Amen. And the moment you think that you're not going to fall to this, yeah. you're in trouble. We're talking about the ministry of giving out the gospel. <coughs> hey, come talk to me after you've gone day in and day out, month after month after month, without seeing a soul saved. And the devil says, well, hey, if you just weren't so harsh, yeah. if you were just to, you know, not go to that verse, yeah. if you were just sweeten that up a little bit, yeah. And throw out a sinner's prayer. You could say that person got saved. Right. Well, it's not. I'd like to say somebody got saved. Right. And good men, better men than me, have fallen down this path. Amen. That's right. And that's why God warns us about it. But have renounced the hidden things. Amen. And it starts in your heart. Amen. And nobody even knows about it. And God says, renounce it. Amen. God won't deal with the dishonest ministry. In fact, he'll stand against it. And you'll be condemned for it. And when you're sitting there blowing a false trumpet, when you're yeah. supposed to be on the tower warning people that they're going to hell, yeah. warning people that hell fires where they're headed, and you're not warning, God says, their blood's on you. We shouldn't want to walk in craftiness. And that's why I want to be real careful in this whole, this whole teaching here that we're not teaching a strategy or a method or say this or say that or don't say this or don't say that. Right. That's craftiness. Right. Even done with good intentions, it's right. still craftiness. That's right. Oh, I'm going to say this. And then if I say this, they'll respond this way. And, then those, and you lead the Holy Spirit. That's craftiness. Yeah. It's deceitful. Amen. You're just playing psychological games with them. Right. And one day they're going to wake up to the fact. Right. When they realize the Holy Spirit never did any work in their life, never bore any witness in their life, and they got psychologically duped by you, and the next guy comes over with his vain philosophy and deceit, yeah. says, look what that Christian sold you. Look at what that bill of lies is. Yeah. And he's right. Yeah. Amen. We need the Holy Spirit to do the work, not our craftiness, Amen. not our deceit. And I don't want to sugarcoat it. This is what the Bible said it was. Amen. But look at this, verse 3. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. That ought to bother you. It bothers me. You're not hurting your saved relatives. You're not hurting the saved people in the church. You're hurting those that are lost. They don't know any better. Talk about handling the word of God deceitfully. Modern Bibles. How many times have you heard if you just drop that King James Bible and get you an ESV or get you an NIV that people would be easier to understand, you'd have a lot better results. Yeah. And so here we go. Deceit. Handling the word of God deceitfully. We're about to wrap up here. <coughs> Look at this. Um, we're going to hit this and then, and then we'll be done. But having renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully. Now listen to this. But by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. God says, you need a clean conscience. Amen. 
not according to what everybody else thinks is right or wrong, but according to the sight of God, what God sees. You want to go, when you've got problems with God, and you want to go into the ministry, and your behavior is filth, and you're a double-minded man, and you act one way on the job site, and one way at home, and one way at church, and you expect God to use that ministry, God help us. He says right here, but by manifestation of the truth. How is the truth manifested? Your lifestyle, how you live. God manifesting himself through you. And don't give me this garbage of I couldn't help it. In your flesh, you can't. But if you're saved, and again, I'm speaking to the saved church today, God gives you power over your flesh. Amen. And he says, you have an option. You can yield yourselves, your members, to destruction, or you can yield them as an instrument to God. And the choice is up to you. Amen. You can resist the devil and flee to God. Amen. But if you want to live in your sin, you want to live in your filth, you want to live in that junk, your ministry's blown. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry... And we have the ministry because of God's mercy on us. And he tells us, don't faint. And then he tells us, hey, don't you be dishonest. Don't you be crafty. Don't you handle the word of God deceitfully. And you clean your conduct. Amen. And I'm not wanting to be a hypocrite here. I'm not saying that you're going to go on to live a per- I'm not a perfect person. Not by any stretch of the imagination. My only hope is that the Holy Spirit, God, is merciful. And he comes to me and he says, hey, you've got sin in your life. And you repent of your sin before God. And when I say repent, I don't mean I am sorry, I'm going to do it tomorrow. Yeah. I'm sorry you got, you, I got caught. You remember that as a kid? Yeah. You'd be doing something wrong and your parents would come up behind you and they'd see you. Yeah. And I said, what are you doing? And you go, I'm sorry. With zero, you're not sorry about what you, you're not repentant. You don't want to stop it. You just want the spanking to either be over with or you wish it just never found out. But then there's times when your parents saw you in sin. And you said, please give me that spanking. That ever happened? Because you felt so bad about how you offended your father, you offended your mother. And you just wanted to be right with them again? And you see that sin in your life that separated you, that dis- made your father disappointed in you, and you just want to be right with them again? Yeah. And that's a repentant heart towards God. I just want this sin out of my life. Amen. Good. Help me to hate it like you hate it. Amen. And until you get to that point, and you sit there, look at this, manifesting your lies... And you think that you've got everybody fooled and you don't. The world will see through that. The devil will show them if the Holy Spirit doesn't. And the Holy Spirit might. Because he puts this in his word for a reason. And I'm sick and tired of seeing churches go out there and their lifestyle is the same as the world. They talk the same. They listen to the same things. They dress the same. They live filth. And then they want to go talk about how they love Jesus Christ. You know what that does to the ministry? It destroys it. it. And that's where our country is at right now. We need some Christians that are willing to take a stand. And when God sets a standard for them and says, hey, live by this. And convicts their heart and says, don't do that. Do this. Christians that will say, yes, Lord. And God goes, I'll use that. Amen. That's right. That's a critical, a critical part of the ministry. So those seven things, I think it was seven, we talking about. We'll go over them one last time. We have a ministry for one. You've got to be converted. You have to receive the Holy Spirit. Remember David, he got right before he could witness to the transgressors. You, you deal with that. And that starts by fearing God, by the way. 
and seeing where your sin is before God. And then you, you take the ministry, the infallible proofs, and you pray to God to fill you with the Holy Spirit, to deal with you, to search your heart, so you can see that, because you can't even see your own filth sometimes until the Holy Spirit exposes it to you. And you pray that God will expose your sin. When you go to church, you shouldn't go just because it's a good time. You should go to church so that way God can deal with you. And ask God to prepare your heart to receive any type of rebuke, exhortation. And say, God, show it to me. The sin in my life, I want to see it. So that way I I can get it right with you. And you get to that point, and then, and then God says, all right, get rid of those hidden things that nobody even knows about where you're dishonest in the ministry. And he says, hey, all that craftiness, those ten lines in a poem you memorized, get rid of it. Don't walk in craftiness. And don't you handle the word of God deceitfully. Don't you try to make it say something I didn't make it say. You preach the word of God and you stick with the message and you get the Holy Spirit will, will read that thing right off the page to that person in a way that you can't. Yeah. And you try to sugarcoat that. You try to jump around verses. That's handling the word of God deceitfully. Taking and removing the word of God is handling the word of God deceitfully. That's pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. But even King James Bible believers handle the word of God deceitfully. Right. And then he says, look, the truth by, by, by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. Amen. You know, the Bible says to abstain from every appearance of evil. Right. Every appearance of evil. Yeah. And what's sad is the world has a higher standard for Christianity than Christians do in the church house. Yeah. They say, Christians, you shouldn't be talking that way as a Christian. Right. And they're right. And pastors used to preach that way. And the church had a high standard. That's where the world learned it from. And God says, hey, in every man's sight, according to God, why do you dress like that? I'm pleasing God. Why do you talk like that? I want to please God. You want to have a ministry that's going to glorify God, you've got to do it by his words, not our own inclination. That's all I've got. Lord God, we thank you for your words. We thank you, Lord, that you do have mercy on us. That we can even be a part of a ministry of the gospel, Lord God. If it wasn't for your mercy, just as your, your word says, there's no way we could ever partake in this, Lord God. I'm so unworthy, Lord. I'm nothing, Lord God. Oh, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you help us to put away all hypocrisies from us, Lord God. Lord, expose the sin in our own lives, Lord God. Our own dishonesty that's hidden, Lord, that I don't even know about, that that the people listening to this don't even know about, Lord, that they've hidden for so long. Expose it to us, Lord God, and help us to get it right with you, Lord. Help us to walk with you, Lord God. Lord, help us not to be content not having the Holy Spirit, Lord God. I pray, Lord, that you'd give us a burden, Lord. Help us to know, Lord, when we're walking with you and when we're not walking with you, Lord. And if we go astray, Lord, draw us back to you, Lord God. I pray you'd wake up your church, Lord. Give them a burden for lost souls, Lord. And Lord, don't, I pray, Lord, that you expose the flesh to them, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that you help pastors to get a burden for souls lord and lord i thank you lord for pastor reg and his burden for souls i pray lord you'd help him lord fill him i pray lord you keep him lord from compromise keep him safe lord god help him lord to stay on the firing line lord i pray this tent ministry lord god that you'd keep it on the firing line lord to bring glory to you lord Not to us, Lord God. If you want to take us out of the picture, you take us out, Lord. If you want to send it, Lord, help us, Lord, to do everything to just run this race, Lord God. We need your help, God. Lord, you said not to faint. You said not to grow weary, Lord God. But I'll grow weary in my flesh every time, Lord. I need your help, God. I pray, Lord, you fill us and guide us, Lord. Bring us along, Lord.
And Lord, we just thank you for your words. We thank you for feeding us and for loving us. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.